0: Welcome to Alternatives to AA. This is Joshua Robinson, and I've been three years sober.
1: And I'm Monique Robinson, and I'm two years sober. And we're here on a mission to help make the difficult journey of sobriety even easier to manage. Nobody in my world ever thought that I'd actually managed to be sober. So now we're taking what we've learned in the last decade to be able to help you too.
0: And we're not against AA. We just need to learn how to manage the other 23 hours of the day. From communication to relationships to self-care, we're gonna show you how to cope when your triggers try to take you down.
1: Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. to uncover not only how to live without alcohol, but to thrive in sobriety and to swap out your addiction for a better life with the help of Alternatives to AA. So let's
0: go. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Alternatives to AA. Today we're gonna to talk about uh, tips to help you stay sober long-term.
1: Yeah, and it's an important one, um, because you know the longer you are sober, the more you need to focus on these things. So one helpful tip for staying sober long-term is to create a reality that you like more than the one that you feel the need to go for alcohol, to enjoy, to get through your days. So in the beginning of your sobriety, you will not have this reality. It's just not possible because it's not gonna happen in an instant. But you can set forth a vision, a dream, a reality that you want to get to one day. And this just gives you something to do, small steps, so you can make small steps in time to get towards that.
0: Yeah. So, for example, um, when we decided to get sober, we had uh, bigger dreams than where we were at the time. Uh, Like, we weren't even engaged, but we always talked about that. You know, Monique wanted to be a wife and also have kids and so that's happening mm-hmm. um yeah there was just a lot of uh, responsibilities that if we were still had the addiction we just couldn't get to those goals so mm-hmm. um that was the main reason why we stopped because we just we saw that we were able to start to go on a positive path and we're, we just kind of got addicted to that I guess yeah. <laughs> addicted to um just trying to better ourselves and other ways that made us feel happy like we didn't have to drink to to fill that kind of void. Yeah, for sure. And I've I've always kind of been like that anyway, Mm -hmm. but it was good because well, when I first started drinking, I thought that drinking actually made me be a better person. Mm -hmm. So that was actually a really bad thing.
1: Oh, I was just going to say a lot of people feel that way because you feel like you're calmer and, and I should say calmer, sexier, you feel sexier, you feel more fun and all these things but it's it's masking confidence it's masking who you really are mm-hmm. like when you get sober and you rediscover those things you actually become more confident in yourself you actually become more fun you mm-hmm. actually become happier it's not a fake persona that you get because of synthetic like from the alcohol
0: yeah cuz you actually put in the work to actually <laughs> do it and not rely on, on the substance to do that but like we're just talking about, it doesn't actually do that anyway. Yeah, way. it's just it's fake. It's just fake. We, we, just, we just believe in the delusion that we're just having fun and it's no problem yeah. <laughs> while everyone around us is, you know, like kind of, what's going on with those people?
1: Yeah, yeah. But, you, you think you look so much better until you like see a picture or you see a recording of it and you're like, that is not how I felt when I was doing that particular thing. Nope.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. But so, yeah, that was always what I, I was always into bettering myself, mm-hmm. probably because of like low self-esteem or something else, not feeling like I was ever good enough. But there's definitely nothing wrong with bettering yourself, because then no. it actually makes you a better person. And, yeah. And so, like, obviously, people can take it to the extreme yeah. c- when they're never uh, satisfied with where they are Mm -hmm. but yeah just like us having these these goals that at the time they just sounded like impossible but they were exciting to us at the same time so you know we both were just like we're gonna try to do this together and and that's what's happening i've had like family members say like they don't even like recognize me yeah you know like 180 kind of thing um
1: 180 thing has been a big testament for both of us. A lot of people have said like, yeah, you've pulled a big 180 like from where you were a couple years ago. And it's true, but it's only true because we realized our dreams, they were linked with responsibility and we knew like we could not handle that responsibility in the addiction. And we lean on each other though and we lean on other people, we talk to them and it makes it easier to kind of like calm it down so we're not taking on the world ourselves. We have support and that's very important in this too.
0: Yeah, no, for sure.
1: With all of these things, let's be honest, dreams do come with issues too. So you have to remember these bigger dreams like Josh was talking about, like I wanted to be a wife. I wanted to be a mom. Um, Eventually I wanted to have a bigger home so I could entertain friends and family. Josh wanted to be a dad and a husband, uh, which obviously those things are happening for us, but also to get himself mentally and physically better, um, physically at the gym, and then mentally just pursue like a career, which also involves school. All these responsibilities, they do come with issues, but when you're not sober, the issues seem like a big boulder. Whereas like when you are sober and you are taking them apart piece by piece, it's like little rocks. So it makes it a lot easier to maintain and handle. And again, like I said, like leaning on people is really important through that process. Mm-hmm. And another reason it's really hard to stay sober long term is your ego. And your ego can trick you into thinking, your willpower is strong enough now, after not drinking for a while, that you can drink in moderation. And we both have learned the hard way that this is just not true. Um, You know, uh, you can start small and think like, oh, it'll be okay, but within a few weeks, you'll be back to the intensity and the rate of your problem as it once was, and you might even surpass it. This can make it also hard to stop using again because you feel shame that you were abusing the alcohol again because you you told yourself, oh, it'll be okay this time. Um, You know, admittedly, I almost hit a year it was five or six times and right around that was when I would be like, oh, I'm okay now. (laughs) But that was never the truth. Like I would say I'd have one drink and usually by maybe the second or third night I said "A one drink, I was having my old normal. And Josh, he had hit four years once before and he went to a wine tasting. Yeah. You can tell that story if you want.
0: Oh yeah. I I don't I might have told it already, but yeah, I went to a wine tasting event. And so I was like, you know, convinced myself, well, they're just little little samples, but you know, each sample's like probably an ounce or something. Mm -hmm. And I had like twenty or thirty samples, you know, making my round weigh the whole thing. And uh, yeah, it was. I was totally so drunk I couldn't even um, go home for a bit. Yeah, because <laughs> I was just yeah, I was just hammered. I guess I had like almost like a whole bottle of wine. Sounds like it. But yeah, for having none for like four years, that was a huge jump. Jump, but and then within like you said, like a couple of weeks, like a month, I was drinking just as much as before, which was like you know like twenty to like forty drinks sometimes a day or. It it depend. For me, it was like usually every other day. Definitely on the weekends, more like a binge drinker. But yeah, it was crazy. So I I was back there right away, and then Mm -hmm. you know, then I got in the you know car crash, I think, or something. Just like everything just went downhill like really quick. Yeah. So for you know, I've been sober for four years now, and I had I had this kind of urge to want to drink again Mm -hmm. because it. It's just like weird. Your your body kind of remembers and says, oh, you've like paid your dues. Like you're not this person anymore because mm-hmm. like in a lot of ways, you're not that person. Right. So it, you can definitely trick yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so much better now. Yeah. Everything will be fine. I just needed to relax. Yeah. Bam. You're You're right back in hell. Yeah. Even though you just put in years and years. Um, so that's the, one of the main things that makes me want to never drink again. It's yeah. always... Reminding myself of that.
1: Yeah, I remember the same feeling when I actually finally, for the first time, hit a year, which is almost three years ago now. Yay! <laughs> uh, I'll be three years April twenty third. Um, so, when I finally hit that year, I remember the urge was like so strong, mm-hmm. and I was so frustrated with myself. But I shouldn't have been because, like we said, the body remembers and it like wants you to go back. Um, But you just have to stay strong. And fortunately, I had support. I had Josh. I had my support system. And I got past that. So when I actually hit two years, um, it didn't nearly affect me as much. I kind of, I think we almost forgot to be like excited that day. I think I remembered like at 9 o'clock at night kind of of a thing like, oh my God, it's my two-year anniversary. (laughs) Because it just, it wasn't as big a deal at that point because... I had long surpassed my previous, but I also know, um especially with having Josh in my life, you know, he had four years and then went backwards. I know I could never let myself slip, which is really important to remember,
0: yeah, so no, for sure, yeah, like um another thing to do is. To remind yourself daily or weekly of um, like where you were in while in active addiction, which we were just like talking about, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, like the difference can be like night and day, and it's just like you know, scary to think about how things were when you were at your lowest in your addiction, yeah. And uh, I'm sure like a lot of people can relate how bad it gets so. If you just think of that, even though it's, you know, it's not a pretty thing to think about, but if you think about it, it might just stop you from picking up that drink. Yeah. Just like, even if you're st- in addiction right now, like maybe you're not at the lowest that you once were. So it's just, it's just always a good thing to, to think about, mm-hmm. even though it's hard, it can save you a lot of pain because you could just go through it in your head instead of actually experience it in like, yeah. real life.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah. Like when I was newly sober, especially this last time, I started making a list in my phone because you know sometimes when you're having a really bad day, it's hard to remember what you're actually grateful for and proud of and everything. You're just like, oh, everything's crap. My day is crap, like this sucks. But so I had a list in my phone and it was like everything that was good and new that made me happy. And it was simple stuff that I was very proud of. And it might sound silly to you, but like one of my things on my list was I was proud. I was getting to work every day. Like that was a big accomplishment at that moment. (laughs) I was proud I was eating better. I wasn't just eating whatever my drunken brain told me. I was actually eating a decent diet. And because of that, my body wasn't like insanely bloated one day or really uncomfortable one day or I wasn't like extra lethargic or anything like that. So I was getting like consistency. I was also rebuilding relationships with people who really mattered to me but I had hurt very bad and that was certain family and friends. Uh, So I even had like their names listed at that time because I was just so proud that I was rebuilding that and I was building new relationships like Josh and I were together and things were just on an upward path so I was very proud of that too. And another one that was kind of silly was I was proud I was paying my bills on time. (laughs) And, And that was just because Like, it wasn't even the fact that, it wasn't even always I couldn't afford it, it was just sometimes I just completely forget about my bills for like two weeks. And you know, you do that and you get late fees and everything, but I was consistently paying everything on time. So I was very proud of those things. So that list at the time, you know, it might have been very small things, but they were really impactful to me. And then over time, my list has grown. So now I have things on my list like, I'm so proud I'm about to be a mom. I'm so proud that we're working on our future home. I'm so proud that I'm almost three years sober. I'm so proud of the new friendships I've developed because of being sober and not hurting these people. I'm so proud of old relationships being so much stronger than they once ever were, you know? And even Josh and I were so much stronger than we were at the time. So all these things on my list, doesn't matter how bad my day is, doesn't matter how crappy I feel, if I sit there and I'm like, all right, I'm having a bad day, let's go through the list. And I look at all these things and I realize, you know, if I was drinking, all of these things would go away in an instant, they'd be gone absolutely gone, you know, because trust would be broken in myself, in my relationships and just all over the place. So all like those things keep me on a really good path. So I call it like my gratitude list or my positives list. So it can be the smallest things. Like, even I even sometimes just put on there, my kitties love me. Like, you know, like, you know, I'm getting love. <laughs> like, whatever works for you, that's what you need to have on that list. And it's so much better to remind yourself. And like I said, I had it written for a really long time. I still think it's in my phone. But now, because I'm three years and I do it quite often. It's pretty easy for me to recall. But if you write it down, you can see it on your bad days when you don't believe anything is good. You have that there. It's concrete. So it's just a suggestion I have.
0: Yeah, that's so. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, one I would have was, you know, you start to accomplish new things that interest you. Like maybe, you know, you've always wanted to paint but never, never did. Or maybe you want to go horseback riding or whatever there's there's you know something that interests you but you never did because you you didn't think you could or weren't smart enough or weren't athletic enough you know like even try to do something like that because if the, if you start to accomplish something in an area where you didn't think you were that strong, it just makes you believe in yourself a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of what I did with uh, schooling. Like I never really applied myself in school. So and then also like, you know, I guess I tried to pretend I was dumber than I was to be cool and stuff like that. And certain people you know in my life they also like kind of told me that i was dumb at certain things so i never really thought i was that smart but you know, you know now i'm going to school for my degree and then get my masters and all these things which you don't really actually have to be that smart to accomplish you just have to put in the you have to the, apply hard, yourself. the hard work yeah. yeah and just do what they tell you to do and yeah so if you can accomplish something in an area where you you think that you're lacking then that's probably the best that's that's a bit harder mm-hmm. maybe start with something that i just always been passionate about first yeah and and is a strong suit so for me that would be the gym i've always worked out and so when I started to really get back into improving my mental and everything that was where I first went I, I started like working out harder than ever mm-hmm. and building confidence in that and then I then you can take that confidence and then put it into other areas of your life. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, and yeah, with that like I just started like like I said like doing the small stuff, paying bills on time cleaning up the house more like doing things that like i kind of lacked for a while and even just like like i said working on relationships that i had completely lacked like all those small things really made such a big difference mm. and one other strategy that we like to use is envisioning both of us, like what would happen if we went backwards again, if we drank again, like everything we would lose. So that could be, again, off of the gratitude positive list, mm-hmm. everything you lose off of that. And that's really powerful to both of us. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. And like we were talking about before. So one thing that I always think about is how bad everything was while in like active addiction and just not wanting to go back there. We we're just talking about this like a minute ago. But that like temporary numbing feeling and that good feeling only lasts like a couple hours. And then what you're left with is just tiredness, depression, maybe, you know, just all these all these horrible feelings that can last like a day, two days Mm -hmm. or, you know, Because you're addicted to drinking so much that you, like, need it to feel good about yourself. Yeah. So you only feel good about yourself when you're drinking, Mm -hmm. which is usually only an hour to a day. So (laughs) the rest of the day, you feel like crap, and it just keeps repeating this whole cycle. So that's what I always think about. It was just about how, you know, some days maybe half the day feels like crap, but not like a a full day. day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, like, for me, I think about where I was four or five years ago versus now, and it's just so night and day. Even on my bad days, I'm a thousand percent happier than I was four or five years ago, and that's from getting sober and moving forward and, like, finally getting the dreams that, like, little Monique when I was a kid, like, wanted, like— You know, like I'm actually doing that stuff. Yes, it's hard some days, but I'm still doing that stuff and it's great. So that's the most exciting thing for me.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that's interesting because I feel like I'm doing that too, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because, you know, when people say, oh, like, why don't you grow up? I think actually like a big part of growing up is implementing certain dreams that you had as a kid mm-hmm. into your life. Yeah. You know, as an adult. Yeah. Which it's... might sound like so weird, but
1: well, I was just gonna say when we were talking earlier about like little things to bring back into your life. Mm-hmm. And Josh was mentioning like painting, horseback riding, things like that that you could try. You also could bring back stuff that you loved when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I obviously can't do it right now because I am very pregnant but I love to dance growing up. So I enjoy going to like Zumba classes when I can and like even just dancing around the house. That makes me happy. So you can bring back some of your childhood that like really gave you a lot of joy and that sometimes can help too.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Like for, for me, it was always like my dad was in nature a lot. So I just love nature. Mm-hmm. Just like You know, him showing me certain tricks with honeysuckles and all these types of things and just brings back happy memories. And well, I've always like been into fitness even when I was a kid. So still doing that. And I always like to do artistic stuff, too. So like even the podcast, it's kind of artistic, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so like being able to do those things. And maybe it's not a career or whatever; it's a hobby. It's still good to implement those those things into your life because it just these are things that just fill your soul, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have those, you're just gonna end up feeling like like a zombie, mm-hmm. like just getting through every day, like not really feeling it, not really like enjoying anything. Yeah. So it's good. To you
1: bring back you would those be, things. you'd be living, yeah, but you wouldn't be thriving. Yeah. And something in sobriety you want to do is find ways to thrive yeah to make it worth it yeah
0: because if you're feeling so good and stuff like why are you gonna have to pick up a substance mm-hmm. to like feel better <laughs> absolutely yeah so another practice that can help you maintain uh, your long-term sobriety is to help other alcoholics uh, with their sobriety. Mm-hmm. So AA does this, it's like a common thing that they do, of like mentoring or uh, sponsoring mm-hmm. other people. You don't have to do it through AA, it could just be like with even just friends of yours that you know. Yeah that you know they want to maybe stop drinking less or maybe they want to quit and just mm-hmm. helping them out with that helps yeah. helps you um maintain your sobriety because well it, it also brings you back to how you were once living mm-hmm. and that's that is part of it yeah. and then the other part is obviously you know to help the other person out so maybe they can get sober too and that's just an awesome thing to be able to do, and that's why we have this podcast yeah. to just um, help ourselves mm-hmm. by always talking about this and realizing we have a problem and all the different strategies that we do, so yeah. we don't go back on that path. Mm-hmm. And also, just helping other people out, just it just you know it just makes you feel good, and it's just awesome to have other people get sober because. Because if you've ever experienced, you know, like being hardcore alcoholic or whatever you want to call it, you know that you never wanted to actually get there. It's just it's just like a really bad place. And, you know, you want to try to help other people get out of that place as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, like Josh and I, we fortunately have each other to talk to, but we also talk to friends and family too, because just being open about it is really helpful and talking to you guys, you know, when we do these podcasts, we're not just talking about what's in the moment for us. We're bringing up our own past, which reminds us like, like we've been talking about this whole podcast, where we've been and where we've gotten to, and that's a big deal Because it's so easy to forget, like, especially when you're getting into the monotony of the day or you're getting exhausted, you know, like, all the new things you're doing and you're just getting, like, worn down, it's so easy to forget how much different it was years past. But it's so important to remind yourself, like, where you've come from and how far you've gotten. Yeah. Because that that alone just helps you feel accomplished and able to keep moving forward too. It helps you stay the course. So it's really important. Yeah. We also, some we try to also view our sobriety as like a daily um, challenge, not decades long challenge. Because when you, like example, um, for me, when I would talk about like getting to the one year, for some reason that was such a huge mountain for me and that's why like i said i i broke that five or six times it was 10 11 months right around there and i'd break it every time cuz that one year mark was just so big a hurdle and so like so I, it was just too big for me it was too scary for me which might sound silly to some people but calling myself a year sober was just like oh my god so at, like consistently five six times in a row i broke it at 10 11 months which Was really, really annoying because I was so damn close. But it just like overwhelmed me. If I, so once, like this time around, I tried to ignore the one year thing. It was just, all right, I'm sober another day. Mm -hmm. Good for me. You know, like it wasn't this big mountain, it was a little pebble on the hill. Like I just added a little pebble.
0: I want to say (laughs) it's like if that relating this to working out. Okay. Like if you're, for like doing cardio, you mm-hmm. know, and thinking, thinking, oh, I got an hour to do this cardio or whatever. Yeah. If I always like, I always break it down into five minutes. Yeah. Like, so if I'm doing 30 minutes of cardio, instead of saying I'm doing 30 minutes, I'm saying I'm doing six, five minute. Um, sessions, yeah, and but just make it just seems so so much smaller. So the more you can break something down, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like as big of a monster to to accomplish. So that whole that year to you was just like it just was too scary, too much, it and you was. would like run away. You just run away from it to the drinking.
1: Yeah, and I literally it was annoying because it was always something stupid mm-hmm. that I would be like. Like, right around that 11, 10 months, like, that would set me off, even though probably, like, 10 other things during the year, like, should have set me off, but because I was so close to that one year, it was the stupid thing that I'd be like, all right, screw it, I'm going to the liquor store, (laughs) and I'd get so mad after, like we said, you know, I'd have one drink maybe that night, a lot of times it didn't even stop at one drink, but... I would say I was gonna have one drink. But by three, four days later, I was up to my old habits again, like instantly. I didn't even make it a week before I was back to my old norm. (laughs) Um, As terrible as that sounds. And I would just be so mad at myself and so frustrated. But like I said this last time, we tried really hard and it was really helpful to have someone like sober with me. So, you know, lean on someone, friend, family, partner, you know, whoever works for you, especially around bigger times, lean on those people and tell them like, this is intimidating me. I'm feeling tempted and just talk about it yeah. because the act of talking about it even takes the weight off your shoulders. We've talked about this in previous podcasts, but like, even if Josh and I have a dream or something, we talk about it because yeah. we don't feel as guilty then. It's just kind of like, well, it was a dream. It, it Like, it's no big deal. But if you don't talk it out, you just carry this guilt with you all day long.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that we actually today, we both had drink, yeah. drinking dreams. We did. And so it's, it's actually fairly common, mm-hmm. which is annoying because... You know, you feel guilty, You're like oh, I did it in my dream. Does that mean that I would do it in real life? And it's like, no, it's a dream. Like, yeah. unless you can lucid dream, you can't really control the dream, right? But I, I don't lucid dream. I only did that like one time, so it's yeah. not a normal thing for me. No, but yeah. So it's just it happens fairly often. I'd say for me, like probably like almost every other day.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: A drinking dream. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: I'll get it. <clears throat> I won't get it as often, but when I do, I wake up feeling guilty. But like even today's dream, I was clearly like way in the past. The people I was with, the place I was at, I was like 7-8 years in my past. So clearly like nothing real in my like current reality. And Yet, I woke up feeling guilty until I told Josh about it, and then it was kind of like humorous to both of us because, you know, clearly that's not where I am today. But if I had not talked about it, I would have felt guilty all day. Like, why did I do that? But you can't control your dreams. You just have to be patient with yourself because this is a lifelong battle, guys. But. Like we keep saying, you have to tackle it one day at a time, even if it's one hour at a time. You know, whatever breakdown works for you, that's what you have to do.
0: Yeah, when it's really intense, it can be like that, like an hourly thing, or mm-hmm. even like yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, sometimes in in new sobriety, I would just be proud that I got to like eight o'clock at night, yeah, and I wasn't tempted yet because <laughs> normally I'd start earlier. Normally, you know, I'd get off work, and if it was a bad day. I'd start right at five o'clock, you know, like right when I got home. So even when I got to eight o'clock without being tempted yet, it was like I threw myself a little party because um, like, look at me, I, d- I wasn't tempted yet. So if that's what works for you, that's what you got to do. You know, celebrate those victories. Be proud of every moment that you are sober and moving forward in your life instead of moving backwards. Yeah, So for sure. Yeah. And the last thing we wanted to leave you with is try to live in love, not fear. Being vulnerable in the small ways will benefit you in the long run. And like we were talking about, we're being vulnerable with you guys with talking about the fact that like, even years later, we're having dreams. Even years later, there's sometimes struggles that like set us off. That is us being vulnerable with you guys because we want you to know it's okay to be vulnerable because it gives you strength. It sounds funny, But it does, because you're being honest with yourself, you're being honest with others, and it makes it okay. Because no matter what, your feelings are your feelings, and you have to feel them, and you have to go through them. You can't just bury them, which I especially would do with the drinking. So being honest and being vulnerable keeps me safer, gives me more courage, helps me move forward, and move through. And so we just wanted to share with you guys that doing that is not living in fear. It's giving yourself love, and self love in sobriety is one of the most important things.
0: Yeah, and then I'd also like to say that uh, being disciplined is is important as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you can start with just a small thing like making your bed every day, mm-hmm. and it just kind of it just starts the day on a positive note. Like, oh, I did this, mm-hmm. so then you just do something else. And it's not about oh, how much things can you get done in a day. No but what i'm trying to say is that it just helps move you in a way that you're you're forward moving in the world and you you're just you're feeling good about yourself I mean, it could even be like just, you know, brushing your teeth doing your hair in the morning. Because sometimes when when the drinking is bad, that can even be a, a struggle. Yeah. But so even just doing that, you know, can just make you start to feel better, look better. And it can just all escalate from there to where, you know, you're getting up early because you want to go for a walk or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. It's like we said, it's the little things, you know, you got to start small Mm -hmm. um, and then you can get to those big things. You can have a big long term goal, but when you're newly sober, starting with the little things like making your bed or just any kind of self care is really helpful. Like ladies, you know, even if it's just putting on some face cream each night and just being like, Oh my gosh, after a week, my skin is looking so much better already. Mm -hmm. Like, that is self-love. So whatever your version of self-love is, like taking care of yourself, those little things will help you in the long term.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, all right, guys, we'll see you next time.
1: Right, ah. bye. Thanks for listening to Alternatives to AA. If you would like to contact us directly, please shoot us an email at alternatives2aa2021 at gmail.com. We also hope that you continue to join us on Mondays at 6 p.m. You can watch us live on YouTube. You can subscribe to us that way as well. You can leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Spotify. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you please leave a rating and an honest review.
0: We'll see you next week. Bye.